everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Monday Drive. Uh, sort of a Monday-looking day. Just a little little overcast. There was actually a couple of drops of rain on the way in here. I didn't think there was a chance of that. But uh, hope everybody had a good weekend. A lot to talk about from the weekend, which we will do here on the Monday Drive. We, Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, and Drew all here in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need thanks to our friends at WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number one of The Drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and kiaofauburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome guests when they can't be with us here in the studio. And take your calls, questions, comments, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So with that said, welcome in. Uh, how was how was everybody's weekend? Uh, Brian, how, were you, how was yours? Pretty good, actually, yeah. I mean, you know, went to a football game at Jordan-Hare Stadium, which is always nice, usually nice. Well, it wasn't nice the last five of last year. Hey, Auburn won. Yeah, that's right. Auburn did win, and the baseball team had a, a good... thrilling finish yeah. there in, in the, in the uh, A-Day yeah. game. And um, Now, Saturday, Saturday was not exactly thrilling, mm-hmm. baseball-wise, but, but it doesn't matter. Auburn got outscored for the series, but they won two out of three. You Big. took two out yeah. of three from Vandy. Yeah, and uh, Vandy's a really good team, a ton of yes, talented players, and and Auburn really played great on Friday and Sunday to win that series. Yeah, so that is big. Auburn now seven and five in the West, starting to you look at the SEC standings, and it's like, hey, it's like it is in most sports, sort of like the way it is in football. The West, there's the West with a bunch of pretty good records in conference. The East has the best team right now yeah. in Tennessee. But uh, did you guys make it out? They're the only guys... team over 500 in the East. Did you guys go to any of the games? Uh, I went. At, at... I went Saturday and Sunday. I didn't stay for all the games. Saturday. I went Saturday, but not stay till the end. I was yeah. That was it. Was over. Yeah. I mean, Auburn got out to a good start, and then a nine run was it fourth? Yes. Yeah, nine run fourth, and uh, it was it was downhill after that. But hey, credit when you get beaten the way Auburn was on Saturday and bounce back on Sunday. That's big. Yep. And, and uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez was outstanding. He was fabulous on Sunday. Complete game, first complete game in SEC play for an Auburn pitcher since a guy by the name of Casey Mize. I was going to say, that. he fell, fell in the Tigers rotation uh-huh. is, the, uh, is, is the last guy to do that. And both uh, with Joseph and Sonny recognized by the conference. Sonny D, um, <laughs> man, he can hit the baseball. I got to see. That's good. I, I got there a little late. 
on um, on well yesterday walked into the press box uh, to to say hi and to to uh, to just comment to George. It was a little more comfortable. It was it was darn right cold in yeah. the stands on Saturday, and uh, the, they they had the heat going full blast in the uh, in the booth on Saturday. Yesterday it was the opposite. I was burning out in the stands. But I mean, got there just in time for Sonny to step up and smack one off the, uh, um, the the just under the clock in in straightaway center for the three run shot, and then uh, the my, his solo bomb over the monster was sort of my parting shot for the game <laughs> yesterday. So I mean, no, another great great weekend for Sonny uh, as as he is uh, again honored. As you said, Dan. Right, he's a well, he's conference player of the week, mm-hmm. and then Joseph got was it was it pitcher of the week or yeah. Yeah. co co? I think they were they both co. I think they might have been. Yeah, it was great. So yeah. so but great to see a couple of Auburn uh, baseball players uh, rewarded for uh, the, their outstanding week, and the team still right where they want to be in the standings. Right, Bill. I mean, you think about it. I mean, sure. yeah, Tennessee's they're just a game back of Arkansas now for the uh, top spot in the uh, in the West. Although you know you're going to go by overall, but I right. mean. Um, but but still, yeah, things things going really well. Three straight series, Auburn's now won. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're looking at we said before conference play started. You know, you want to win. You know, at at the baseline is 13, but probably 14 or 15 conference games to feel great about your postseason prospects. Auburn's on track right now, and they're winning. You know, winning series against teams that were projected to beat them in the uh, in, in the standings. This year in the conference, you think about what Vanderbilt's done of late. Although, at some point with Vanderbilt, right? I mean, but they've lost six of they've, seven. They've lost three straight series now. Three straight series, yeah. and I mean, just a uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's lost a, seven of eight. I believe it, un, uncharacteristic struggles yeah. for that uh, conference for, for that for that Vanderbilt program. And uh, yeah, you want you wonder if they'll be able to write the ship before the season is over. But yeah, great. Hey, great in for this Auburn. league, it's really easy to. Uh, uh, to hit a tailspin. I mean, it's tough to absorb a stretch like that. And then, I mean, you think about the way they would have to play the rest of the way, right? Uh, to, they're still not out of it. They're Vanderbilt. I mean, I understand they're, they're five got, and seven. I mean, right? No, but that's, but that's say, I mean, of of late too, if they can, if they can reverse course from a one and seven stretch, they can. To, and yeah, they they absolutely can. But if they can do it, it's going to take you know pretty impressive reversal of fortune from what they've done of late. Although, what's the big problem for Vanderbilt pitching? I mean, they're hitting the ball. Uh, I mean, you, you, what they came in? They, they came, came in. They came in with a with better pitching well, stats than they don't have the two dominant starters like they've had right. the last couple of years. They don't, and, they, don't, they don't have two first rounders, right? And they <laughs> don't have that guy in the middle of the order that hits twenty home runs. Although they got, they got some guys who can mash uh, in that. Their big first baseman yeah. can mash. They you, came in as a as a top four offense, though, right? I mean, we were looking at the stats. Uh, yeah, they were number the, two, and they were number two in pitching, and number four in hitting. That's remarkable. Yeah, and and yet and yet five and seven overall, yep. which is you know. Uh, so, so yeah, I, w- I wouldn't bet against them to turn it around, but great for Auburn that they can win a, uh, a series against Vanderbilt and continue uh, their, uh, their their winning ways in conference of late. Um, but yes, there was uh, there was some football and there's football news. Um, you know, <clears throat> there there were a lot of folks, Brian, that were thinking, well, I guess Auburn's just never going to get another <laughs> football recruit. Yeah, and how about that? They got a really good one. Terrence Love is a rival's mm-hmm. 100 safety, and uh, he. He had offers from every top school in the SEC, ACC around the country, 
and Auburn won that recruiting battle. I think that's a really big win I for do them. Too. And that's 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 not a bad school to uh, right. to get to get but, an outstanding player from because he's not the only one. Yeah, Langston Hughes has I think three or four other twenty twenty threes. They've got a twenty four quarterback and some other guys too. So uh, that's a school loaded with prospects. It's it's right outside Atlanta. Right down that 85 corridor, which is loaded with prospects, which is the area that Auburn should should be very successful and is really recruiting that area really hard right now. So I would say all the hard work they put in over the last four or five weeks getting kids to visit has finally paid off with a big commitment. And, you know, that's that's a good sign. Was, he, was he at the game on Saturday? I think he was yeah, there. I would weekend. imagine yeah. he was there, and I was sort, yeah. sort of going to pivot from that to uh, any other recruits of note who – Attended or folks that left feeling you know feeling good about Auburn. I mean you, you know it's just a uh, that's the spring game is often an opportunity for coaches to get FaceTime with a lot of players at once. And I know Auburn got a commitment this week, and I was wondering if if there was any other sign that uh, you know they they made progress on the recruiting trail uh, with the spring game well, this weekend. Tro- Bo- Troy Bowles, I think is, is his name, as a linebacker, four star, really good player, was there, and I think he had a really good um, visit. And uh, Kai Preen. Uh, who is a, an, also a four-star athlete. I think he's from um, Louisiana, uh, was also there. I know we talked to him, and he had a really good visit. And there were several others. It was a fairly well-attended uh, game as far as uh, prospects and top targets were there. So I, I think Auburn has done a great job over the past three to four weeks getting kids on campus, much, much better than they'd, they'd done the previous uh, few weeks. I, I agree, Brian. I mean, I was talking about this with some folks and uh, was, was on a, a showdown in Mobile, and I think there has been, you know, we, we've talked about it here, um, but you can feel the change in direction and um, just the the everybody pulling on the same page. Everybody everybody's pulling the same direction on the same page, and uh, I, th- I think Auburn's starting to uh, starting to, to get a little, you know, a, a little momentum moving their way. Yeah, I think the staff has a lot of good chemistry. I think Parson has surrounded himself with people that. Believe in him and believe in his program. I think they're working really hard. I think they've got this big group of um, off-the-field recruiting guys, and I think they've sort of found a way to all work together and to sort of get the ball really rolling. I feel like um, Auburn's recruiting has a chance to really continue to be strong over the next few weeks. The contact period starts, or yeah, no, the evaluation period starts um, April 15th and will last a month and a half, and that's when the assistant coaches will be out on the road and visiting schools are going to visit every single high school in the state of Alabama uh, to start out. And, of course, they'll hit schools all over the southeast and all over the country uh, where Auburn is Is, that a, is that a stated goal, the every every single yes. high school in the state? Yeah, that's something. That came up, that came up in yes. the, was the, was the Montgomery Advertiser article earlier right. this year. Someone made reference to, forget which coach, you know, talked about, you know, that that's something other other coaching staffs in the school have have. Uh, aspired to do, but a place like Auburn maybe has more resources to do it even than, I want to say it was the new coaching staff at either Troy or South Alabama that said like in, in their first right. 100 or 200 mm-hmm. days they wanted to get FaceTime with every single program in the state and it's like, well if, if they can do it assuredly Auburn, you know, yeah. Auburn has, has the resources to do it, so I think I think that's a really positive sign. Yeah, and they've taken all this criticism, there's been a lot of criticism you know, they, they went under investigation, Harson did, right. you know, but and instead of getting defensive, instead of, you know, um, closing off everything and, you know, and, and being that way, which a lot of coaching staffs would have oh, reacted we, in that we, way. We've, seen, we've yes. seen that, yes. It's been a 180. They've been more open, uh, more, they, I think they've taken it and, and just moved forward with it and just changed some things for the better. I, I just, um, 
I couldn't be more uh, impressed by what they've done uh, since that you know those that week in February. I, I you know there are a lot of people that have seemed to have gone ahead and just written written the staff off, written yeah. you know it's like well that's the way it is, uh, and and it's time to uh, you know think, think and even past us, this. Even us, Bill. I mean, we we well, were well, saying. It's, well, it's it was tough a concern. It was a concern. It's tough to find an example of someone who, w- w- you know, started out struggling on the recruiting trail at a high level job and then turned into a great recruiter. That's not to say it can't well, happen, but yeah. we were tr- we were trying to find precedents back in January, February. Well, and- I'll tell you one. I'll t- I'll, and 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 this is this is crazy. When Nick Saban first got to Michigan State, sure, it was like, what's going on? Uh, but I mean, I think I think. People don't, um, it, it's hard to be patient or think that there's a learning curve. People, I think, expect now for any hire in any, in almost any job, I'm not just talking athletics, to know it all, be able right. to do it all right now. Um, I, I, I think the positive thing to me is that Brian Harson has shown that, oh, this, this is completely different than what I was doing before, and I need to handle it differently, and he is. Yeah, yes. And the other thing I really liked about Saturday, and we'll get into A-Day and everything, because I think when you look at the actual game, you can take a lot of different things from it, but I thought the thing that stuck out to me the most was him in his post-game press conference. He was very relaxed, very confident, and seemed like a guy who felt really good about his football team. Which you know, uh, if if you go by the reaction, heck, my reaction. And watching he's not that, a dummy, right? You know, I mean, it's, it, he's he's seen teams that can be competitive. Um, I, I agree with you, Brian. I mean, I think you take something from that that uh, he he likes where they are or where they from where they have come to where they are now. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with having a staff that's all pulling the same direction, and, and I think he feels like he has a team now where. Mm-hmm. With some of the guys that have left that maybe weren't, you know, into Harson's uh, the way, way of doing things, most of those guys have moved on, and, and he's got a group of players that are really bought into what he wants to do. And I yeah, think that's bu- important to him. Buy-in keeps coming back up. You know, the idea of everyone being on the same page, everyone being able to work uh, in, in relative harmony, uh, which does paint a picture of maybe... Uh, there was more turmoil even than we knew about in that in that first year uh, with the with the original staff because it does seem like over and over again or with you know just the situation whether it's the roster that Harson largely inherited or uh, you know a, a an initial staff that had a lot of people who had never worked together before it does seem like what we keep hearing this off season is sort of a contrast to whatever was going on that first year. A lot of harmony. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's thrilled to be there. Uh, you know, it's just like things which sort of paint a picture of, well, gee, what's that? Well, you know, what's, what, was, what was going on before if these are all now this new, is gonna sound new crazy. things about the program? This is going to sound crazy because they're, when I say this, people are going to go, you are out of your mind. <laughs> but Gus was very popular with quite a few of his players. Right. I mean, there are a lot of fans that don't want to believe that. But, I mean, look at where some of the folks that transferred are now. Yeah, exactly. They're at Central Florida. Well, right. And, and look, how many, look how many players that first or second year players that signed right. to play for Gus decided, that, that not, decided to leave. not to stick around. So, I mean, it's, it's not that crazy when you look at it now and you go, well, you had a lot of guys that, uh, that had been recruited by Gus to his system and expected. And they were 
uh, either familiar with or expecting his style, and that is not Brian Harson. No. And so it's understandable that there was more than a little friction there. And that is something that when you're when you're making that kind of change, there are going to be a lot of folks that leave. There are going to be a lot of folks that aren't happy. And you combine that with the way Auburn finished last year, and that's where a lot of the fan base feels like, well, this, this, this doesn't have a chance. I don't think the finish gets referenced enough when people talk about the struggling, the struggles that first year in recruiting. I mean, so much of what... Yeah, the so struggles much, of first year in recruiting are something, though, that can never be duplicated unless we have another pandemic. No, you're, you're right, but... Because that's something that no one could allow for. You can't say, let's bring somebody... All right, let, let's, let's imagine in your job... Let's bring someone from a foreign country in to run your business. But then he can't deal with anybody. Everything's got to be done not in person. That's sort, so of, that's much, sort of what Brian Harson did. So with. much of what we heard, though, about recruiting was, well, the, the product on the field that first year is going to matter. Brian Harson's team and how they perform on the field is going to be because of, because of the right, circumstances. Right, because of the inability to get out and, a big, and get a, into home. A big part of the pitch is going to need to be made with the play on the field. And for the team to then struggle mm-hmm. the second half of the season the way they did, maybe, I mean, that, that could understandably... Uh, scare off some recruits who have other options if if they're trying to play. I, I, I think Until you can get them on campus, which, exactly. which they finally have been able to do now. But you understand what I'm saying. Oh, that, yeah. That, that, I mean, I think that not not only did it hurt Brian Harson's standing with a lot of fans in that a promising season at 6-2 and two turned into you know a, a disappointing 6-7 and seven season, but I think on the recruiting trail, those five games mattered in the class that Brian Harson was able to assemble for the class of 2022 now he's got now there are now there are differences not only is it a new season and, and now we're in the off season of of the the subsequent season but also <clears throat> new staff and he's like you said Bill he's able to bring players on campus and get FaceTime and tell a different it's not just about mm-hmm. the the product on the field and and folks having to watch from TV and the other thing to take away um from Harson staff and, and this latest commitment is Zach Etheridge. You look at how they finished that last class um, with the early signing period and all the great DBs they signed, and now the first big commitment uh, you right. know, in three months comes from a highly rated DB. So I think Zach Etheridge is doing an outstanding job in that area. 334-321-1390. Bill, Dan, and Brian here in the WOW Business Studio. Love for you to join in. I ran out of something to say. Let's just go. You're listening to The Drive. We'll be back. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, and uh, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Terry is up first. Hey, Terry. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing pretty good. Great. Guys, there is this misunderstanding out there that to be a leader, you've got to be on the field. And I bring that up because, it, well, first of all, it's not true. 
And second of all, I bring it up because T.J. Finley probably is a tremendous leader and a tremendous teammate, but I don't think he's Auburn's best asset on the field. And I think he's going to have a role as a – he's probably going to be beat up by Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner before it's over with. Um, but he can be a tremendous asset on the sideline. And I just wonder how you guys felt about that. I don't think T.J. – I mean, I the way the way T.J. Finley played on Saturday, I think there's very little hope right now as far as what the 2022 season would look like for Auburn with T.J. Finley as quarterback. That's not to say he can't change that between now and the start of the season. But in the eyes of a lot of folks, I mean, I don't know how many more opportunities we're going to get to see a lot of this team between now and the start of the 2022 season. just feels like, I mean, that was a chance, an opportunity to to showcase whatever improvement there's been since the bowl game. And it, it started out. Okay, a couple throws. Oh yeah, couple, couple he was like uh, he hit, he hit his first five or six passes, but, right, or was something like that. Uh, Brian and I were talking, um, you know, during the game and and then before the before the show, that uh, you know I wanted to I wanted to make sure I I, I gave T.J. Finley the full benefit of the doubt. He'd never yeah. he'd never come through a an off season as the the apparent you know leader. Uh, and practicing that way, and when we'd seen him in in the workouts, he looked better than we'd seen him before. And he started off, I thought, pretty well Saturday, Brian. But but then he seemed to revert back to the old TJ that we'd seen before, throwing off the back foot, using the arm, and not really following yeah. through. And as a result, some very uh, um, erratic passes. The thing that stood up to me the most at a day were, were the quarterbacks. Robbie Ashford, when I saw him in the four or five practices we were able to go to for 15 or 20 minutes, I thought he was kind of uh, erratic. I didn't think he had, you know, the arm strength, the accuracy, all those things. I saw him out there on Saturday. He looked terrific. He looked really, really good, and he was with the second team for most of that. He was going against against the the, first defense. Yep, first team defense. Completed 11 of 13 passes. I was extremely impressed with him, and I can't see enough good things about T.J. Finley and his character and him as a person and as a leader. You know, I, I agree with all that. But 11 of 19, uh, he had a, a couple of drops, but he also had a couple of passes that probably should have been intercepted and, too. And uh, I think it'll, just, yeah. you know, if, if T.J. Finley is beaten out by one or more of these quarterbacks, I think then it's a question of, and not to, it's not a gauge of what kind of teammate he is, but it'll be a question of what he wants out of his college football career. If T.J. Finley's, uh, you know, if he's, if he's not starting this season, if he's behind Calzada or Ashford or even uh, Holden Gurner, would he want to stick around and, and be a third string quarterback or, or, or not, you know, not have a clear path to playing time on this team? Or would he want to go find somewhere where he would have a, a more, you know, even if it's not at the SEC level, you know, would he, would he want to explore the possibility of, of actually getting to play on the field somewhere else? Because yeah, it just feels right now like, you know, I, I don't know how Zach Calzada's recovery is going to go. I don't know how much of what we saw on Saturday from Robbie Ashford from Robbie Ashford is the uh, is is the uh, is the story of what he's been doing in practice, and you know is a clear picture of, of what kind of quarterback he is. But it just feels like right now, tough tough to be optimistic about the prospects of a TJ Finley led twenty twenty two Auburn team. Yeah, I don't want to completely write I don't completely write that write TJ off, but. It, it, it's hard to believe that he's going to, um, you know, not have some of those habits that we saw Saturday. As to Robbie Ashford, one thing I'll I'll say is 
if he hadn't been doing better, I don't think he'd have gotten as many snaps as he did Saturday yep. because Holden Gurner didn't come in until in the fourth quarter. Yep. Robbie Ashford was getting more work than everybody, and Brian, we'd been hearing over the last couple of weeks that he had been getting better. We had, and I kind of didn't necessarily believe it when I heard it, you know, because I'd seen it with my own eyes, but uh, I was wrong. He obviously has really, really stepped up his play uh, this spring, and um, you know, Coach Harson mentioned that um, he's not playing baseball. He's been able to concentrate on football fully. Yeah, I think, I that's think, made that, a big I difference. think that's very yep. big because he was still playing baseball last spring when he was yep. going through Oregon's football practice. Yep. So um, look out for him because when you talk about Auburn's offense and the offensive line, and you saw it in the A Day game, they threw a bunch of passes to tight ends and and, a and, ton and of running tight backs. Ends. You're right. Uh, quarterback like Robbie Ashford could be very successful in that type of an offense. So. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Going into the spring game, I thought it was going to be Zach Calzada. I was 99% sure, or maybe, maybe not that high, but I was pretty sure it was going to be him. I uh, mean, it still could right. be. Oh, we yeah. just haven't seen him, but I'll tell you what, this hasn't helped him, you know, um, the way Robbie Ray Robbie played Saturday and what and from what we're hearing, how he's been practicing, uh, hasn't sure hasn't helped Zach lock it down. Yeah, yeah and that's good. They're, they're going to have a serious competition. They're going like to work it. on over the summer and then the first two or three weeks of, of camp in the fall. And it does. And, and Holden looked good. He did. But it, it really appears that their plan is, if possible, redshirt him, yeah. save a year of eligibility, yeah. and the battle's between the other guys. That makes sense. The, the, only, the only reason you're playing Holden this, this up year is if you're struggling, and the quarterbacks you got above him just can't get it done. And then you say, "Okay, it's time to go with the freshman and you know start start getting him ready." Anything? Anything else, Terry? Just want to ask Brian: Could we legitimately see a Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford battle in August? I think uh, we're absolutely seeing that in August. I don't think it's a question to me. No, it's, it'd be hard hard yeah. to imagine that you're not going to see one of mm-hmm. Zach's healthy. Appreciate the call, Terry. We're coming up on our bottom of the hour break. Uh, Slay, hang on. This is one of those heartbreaks we have to go ahead and get to, uh, but we'd love to hear from you. You can get in line behind him on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. We were talking about tight ends, uh, you know, with, with the uh, Robbie Ashford offense there. I'd, I'd like to know from Brian and, and, and anyone, anyone multiple listening. Got, multiple tight ends showed nice hands yeah, anyone, Saturday. Anyone, and you can pick a pass catcher if you'd like, you know, anyone other than Robbie Ashford who who, uh, who caught your eye and who you think, uh, you know, improved their stock uh, as we uh, as, as we evaluate, you know, this offseason. I, I don't know, some uh, a couple guys you can talk about, right, Bill? Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Brandon Fraser one. Yeah. Well, I really like the way he landed, yeah. King. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Luke Deal made a nice catch. Yep. All right, stick with us here on the Monday Drive. Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive. 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. A full bank of calls. And let's get to them. And Slate is up first. Hey, Slate. Hello, guys. Y'all are doing a great job. Appreciate your comments. I got a good question about uh, development. What have you heard? What do you know about development in all these key areas of quarterback, O-line, D-line? It's not always who you get in recruiting. It's what you do with them when you get them. So development, help me out there. Yeah, well, it's a little of both. I mean, you know, you you, you can only develop players so much, but uh, we, we'll see again. Brian Harsin and Eric Keesaw have they have track records for developing quarterbacks. Uh, we we will see. Robbie Ashford definitely was a raw talent when when uh, he came in here. Uh, I don't know if this is just an opportunity of him finally concentrating, like you were saying, Brian, on on one sport, or they're. I'm sure they're working on developing him. Well, a couple um, of the guys that I mean, you think about Jimmy Brumbaugh and Ike Hilliard. You know, their resumes aren't as high-profile recruiters for college football programs. These are guys that were working largely in the NFL as position coaches, which would usually, you know, that would speak to their ability to develop talent and to uh, help. Oh, Ike for sure, exactly. Well, well Brumbaugh too, right? Brumbaugh's got some NFL. Uh, you know, he's, he's got he's got some some college uh, work too, but it was. Uh, and I guess you're right. I guess Brumbo is more of a. It was around yes. around different college programs. Um, Christian Robinson too, uh, college program. I guess I was thinking more of Nick Eason. Right? The Eason, Eason was the longtime NFL right. position coach. Uh, who? Uh, but but anyways, it, no. I kill you for sure. Uh, would be, would be somebody who and, and Eric Keesaw. Uh, for for that matter too. I mean, as a, more more as a receivers coach than as a quarterbacks coach. But this is a guy with a lot of experience uh, around different, really highly regarded uh, offensive coaches. In college football, so I would uh, no, I, I would think that the resume as developers is probably more rock solid than the resume as recruiters, especially at the no, SEC level. I from, mean, from I, most of the uh, the guys that had been with Brian Harson because they hadn't been I recruiting mean, even, in the SEC. Well, and even and was it Kobe Hudson? I, I might have the wrong player who left. You know, the, the quote here about you know Brian Harson as a football coach is. Second to none, or you know, you know, held him in pretty high. It, it's just it, it was personality more than Harson's knowledge of football or ability to coach football that was a problem with a lot of the outgoing players. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't that this guy didn't know what he was doing as a football coach. It was that he was he was having a hard time relating to them, and uh, you know, it was there were some personality conflicts. So I would think that maybe speaks to Brian Harson's ability as a as a developer too. So let's say that we've got uh, the coaches, uh, including Harson and, and uh, all of his staff, are great developers. So now it's going to be on the shoulders of the players to to adapt to what they're asked to do. So let's uh, let's go with the old business saying: your attitude determines your altitude. So just how high do you want to fly, War Eagle? Appreciate the call, Slate three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Keith is up next. Hey, Keith. Hey. Um, I was just wondering what do y'all think the uh, differences in uh, 2020 Tank Bigsby season and 2021, uh, you know, I watched the 2020 highlight reel probably a dozen or more times, and that was one heck of a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if he had one last year, but, uh, you know, I know he he wound up, I think he wound up with a 1,000 yards. But, uh, you know, he just didn't have the wild plays, and I didn't know if it was – the uh, you know the, the scheme or uh, sophomore jinx or what? Yeah, that's a really good question, Brian. I don't I don't know that um, 
I don't know that I can I can give the reason why things seem to be more difficult a year ago because you had a lot of the same guys blocking for him up front. Obviously, you, you change some things there, some of the some of the schemes, some of the plays. Um, but Auburn did not run block as well last year. But I'm not going to put it all on the offensive line because from our vantage point, this is one of the few good things I can say about our vantage point in the press box. There were at times holes that, for some reason, Tank didn't seem to respond to this year the way he did his freshman year. Yeah, yeah they, they switched up a little bit uh, about how they attacked offenses in the running game, and I don't think Tank adapted to it quite as well. But then again, he did have the first 1,000-yard season for an Auburn back since um, carry-on in 2000. Is that right? It's carry-on in 2017. Mm-hmm. Has it been that long? So, you know, he did take a step forward in that regard. But, I, you know, from what we've been told, they have spent the offseason sort of analyzing things, mm-hmm. coming up with – uh, better ways to use his abilities. He's been working on his vision and, and, and picking up holes and stuff. So there's a lot of effort being put into having him have one of those special seasons. However, if you watched him in the A-Day game, you'd be like, here we go again. Because he had uh, 12 yards on five carries, I believe it was. Right. Just two, just 200 yard games <laughs> in conference last year. Right, and, and that was going up against the second team defense. But it was not, probably not the starting offensive right. line either. There are some butts so, in there. Yeah. This is the same offense they've seen all, all, all spring, and four of the five guys on the offensive line were not projected to be starters this fall. So. I was ready to throw out there maybe Tank's you know, production tapered off after the Bo Nix injury because defenses were keying in more on stopping the run with, with TJ. Oh, I game. think there's no question about that. But, I mean, Tank Bigsby had 164 yards at South Carolina. With, uh, with and they TJ, still lost. With, in, in, in a loss. With hard the, to do. I mean, that was, that was the, the, best game TJ, yeah. the best game Tank had all season was with T.J. Finley at quarterback outside, at South Carolina, which sort of flies in the face. I mean, a lot of that production, in I mean, what, 27 yards at LSU, 28 at home against Georgia, uh, 41 in the Mississippi State game. I mean, there, there were a couple of, of, of really, really quiet days for, uh, for, for Tank, and that's... I mean, for an offense that you know views him as sort of the lifeblood, uh, that that's a uh, that, that's something that that that's got to be uh, corrected. And I was wondering, uh, I haven't seen him up close, uh, and I really didn't watch the day game. Uh, but uh, you know, I remember a lot of those LSU backs back through the years, uh, maybe a handful of them that came in and just knocked it out of the park as a freshman, and they were Heisman contenders. And then it seems like they ate too much Cajun food and. And uh, they never did it again. Now, I just didn't know if that might have been the case. You know, I, I think, I mean, Tank started the year really, really well. I wonder if, you know, an increase in the competition level for Auburn coupled with, I mean, it was, it's a pretty different offense to go from what Gus Malzahn, uh, you know, had, had Auburn doing in 2020 to the Mike Bobo, Brian Harson style of, uh, of, of attacking on the run, you know, with, with the ground game. I just wonder if maybe that, that transition uh, slowed uh, Tank Bigsby a little bit too, but but it's got you know whatever it is, it's got to be fixed because uh, yeah, Auburn, Auburn needs a big year out of him uh, to uh, to keep the uh, to keep things upright. Yeah. In twenty twenty, he just ran through a lot of people and and did a lot of that on his own. But uh, you know, it seems like Harson got really frustrated with these guys. Uh, they, they he uh, uh, kept saying, I mean, what I was getting out of it is that he. Uh, 
when when they have a chance to make a play, you know, they got to make a play. And and even uh, Kobe Hudson in the Penn, Penn State game, it, uh, he got ridiculed for calling that play, or they did. And but he was wide open for a touchdown if he just holds on to the ball. And then how many times did they throw open passes and and they didn't catch the ball, or they were open and boat and hit them or something, you know? And yeah, and and TJ, yeah, <laughs> that's we saw that in the bowl game. But but you're right. Um, uh, I think that I think they just feel they just feel better about understanding who they have, their personnel, and what fits them a little better this year. Appreciate the phone call. Great stuff. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and Shadow is up next. Hey Shadow. Hey yeah, Bill. I had I had asked you on Friday who you felt like was the number one quarterback. You said. <coughs> Um, Friday, I said T.J. Finley. Yeah, do you still feel that way? He may be at the top of the depth chart right now, but uh, it's it's a much more uh, tenuous hold on to that spot than I felt Friday. That Fr- stock took a tumble in yes, the last 48 hours. Well, and, and, and Robbie Ashford's term. stock uh, definitely is rising. On the rise. Yeah, well, uh, my contention is... Finley will be number one. Well, I, I don't think I, I if if TJ performs like this on a consistent basis, and Robbie Ashford performs the way he did Saturday, uh, I I just don't think Brian Brian Harson's not going to play somebody just because he's been here the and longest. There, and there's I don't the, think the looming threat of Zach Calzada right. as, as well. Well. Uh, would you tell me what changes in practice um, that they may get get a look at at, at, at any of it, any of them? They they don't even they throw the pass. What? No, I I think that um, it, it remains to be seen. You know it, what? How the competition and, and shakes out. You know as far as if uh, you know how, how they're evaluating these quarterbacks. I I just. You know, maybe maybe there still is a path for TJ to be the well, number you one. Can't, you, you cannot base everything on what you exactly. see today. Exactly. I mean, we know that from history. What we we what we don't know is how they've been performing. And and Brian, we do know <laughs> that uh, Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw went to great lengths to explain how every single thing that yeah. every quarterback is doing is being videoed, and they are they are breaking that down. They're not doing this just to. Uh, be be you know finding things to keep some of the uh, assistants and the staff busy. Yeah. They're doing it because they want to really be sure who their starting quarterback is. And Bill, I think you'll agree with me. When we were out there for the times that we got to see practice, Zach Calzada was the best passer of the ball. Period. I agree. I agree. Usually. Best arm, best uh, you know accuracy, especially on the deep throws. You know, could really zip it at a nice quick release. He, he is a quality arm back there mm-hmm. now uh, if he goes head to head with Robbie Ashford can he beat him out does Robbie have the you know who understands the offense the best and right. gets him into the right play and gets the ball to the right person when, he could be a playmaker right when yes. we talk about not overestimating the importance of the spring game like if this was the first time we had ever seen TJ Finley play for Auburn it would be important to think okay well that don't assume that's who he is just because that's what he was on Saturday. I think what's concerning 
is that a lot of the stuff you were you were hoping TJ Finley would improve on since January those those were the same problems right the same things that that we'd talked about throughout the season as the most important things for TJ to improve on if there's going to be optimism for a TJ Finley led offense in 2022 it just didn't seem like there had been a ton of improvement from what you know from the TJ right. you saw at the end right. of the season to, to our eyes yeah right. to, to our eyes and that's you know if if it you could write it off as just one game if it was maybe the first time you saw him, but you know at, at some point you start to worry. Uh oh, yeah, is Here this we go. is 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 this yep. is this who he is? Appreciate the call, Shadow. We need to get to our final great to break. Hear from, great, to yeah, hear from absolutely. Need to get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. <laughs> Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Marcus is up next. Hey, Marcus. Hey, guys. First of all, let me say, I think Brian Horson is a good football coach. I think if we had had a healthy Bo Nix, we easily beat Alabama. Even if T.J. Finley doesn't hurt his ankle, I think we win the game pretty easily against Alabama last year. So I think the guy's a quality coach. You look at what he's done at Arkansas State, Boise State. But with all that said, with the limited talent, particularly at some of the skill positions, what do you think best-case scenario for Auburn is next year? And do you think he survives to get to a third year based on what the season's going to go like next year? That's that's a million-dollar question, it right? Is. It, it really is. The, the thing that Auburn has going for them is five straight games to start the year at home. Yeah. If they can beat Penn State at home, then then they can have a better record than they did last year. If they have a better record than they did last year, I think it's going to be difficult to say you've got to go, especially with the way the climate has changed around the entire football program. And the other thing that can really make a difference for uh, Coach Harson and staff is if they've if they are in the process of putting together a really good recruiting class. That's what I'm talking about. You know, if yep. they're 71st in the country, you know, in, in November or whatever it was last, you know, this past, it's going to be tough. And, and, and they start losing again. Mm-hmm. But if they've got that good recruiting class put together, if you see some progress in certain areas, you know, I think he can get this thing going without having some sort of spectacular year. I don't think it has to be like that. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call, Marcus. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. I mean, I don't... You know, I, I don't think this team is bottom of the SEC West talent. They're nowhere near the top of the SEC West talent. But they're, you know, we, we've talked about this, Dan. Um, how many teams do you just feel like are more talented than Auburn on the schedule? Well, there's, there's Alabama and Georgia. Sure, sure. And, and A&M's probably got an edge now. But last year I didn't think A&M was a whole lot more talented than Auburn. Yeah. I think if you look at Auburn's 11 on defense, very, very good. As good as just about any defense in the conference. I think uh, you look at the depth there, uh, especially in the front seven, then you start asking a lot of questions. And then you look at safety, you're also asking questions about the depth there. You look at the 
first eleven on offense. Yeah. I think they've got to, they've got to find some some. They some need more to be able to run the ball because yeah. they've got they've got a really good running back and they've got really good tight ends. Yep. They need to figure out how to control the ball with a with with those tight ends. Hope they can get a big play somehow. Right. I mean, where are the big plays going to come from? We didn't really get into it a little while ago. Dan was talking about some players. I, I'll tell you a guy that that. Um, we, we haven't talked about an awful lot that we haven't mentioned today that I liked what I saw Saturday. That was Xavier Capers. Yeah, I, I wrote about him actually just a little I, ago. I, yeah. I know, yeah. But I mean, Zave, I really, You mean Zave? Uh, Our buddy Zave Capers? What was that? They were calling him that on the uh, on I the know. microphone last year, right? At the at the open practice. Oh, Brad. I think yeah, I think Brad. I think Brad yeah, was that's something him, I wish we could have heard. Yeah. I believe I wish, Brad was calling him Zave Capers was, on the well, microphone he, last year. I believe he was on the mic doing it again Saturday, but we were in the box and couldn't okay. get him here. But um, I don't know if it was him but, no, mic, but, so the, but running those deep slants and catching the ball and then catching it on the run and getting some yards after that was nice to see. Yeah, it was, and that's exactly what Auburn needs. You know, if if you watch Capers, you know that this guy is big and has some ability, right? It's just never really happened for him. You know, just just in spots. I think he had. Was it ten catches or eleven catches? I forget what it was. In two years, um, caught a, a touchdown against LSU in his freshman year. But uh, they they need somebody like him to step up a better, and they need to bring in some more guys to the portal to help out too. But um, I thought you were going to say Malcolm Johnson, Bill. That's you know who, who caught the uh, you know caught I guess in what parentheticals was that the one that was maybe not a maybe, or no no Malcolm Malcolm's was a catch right. There was one there was one of the touchdowns that was maybe on after after review couldn't shouldn't have been a. Uh, it could, could have been could have been looked at more more closely, but Ma- Malcolm's there were uh, only two touchdowns. Right? Was it? Yeah, was it? I guess it would have been Malcolm's. Yeah, it would have been it would have been the first one. But the uh, uh, no, I, th- I thought he I thought he was uh, showing some of that. I mean, he was somebody whose speed was talked about right when when he was a recruit. I mean, people were talking about Malcolm Johnson being potentially a guy where I mean, I think it's it's still more potential than than what you've seen realized on the field. But you were asking the question, where could this team's big plays come from? You would think he has the skill set to provide yeah, big well, plays. Well, Tavares Dawson can get open. We saw it again Saturday. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, on the prettiest pass yeah. that I've probably ever seen T.J. Finley throw. Yep. Just dropped it. He dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We. Uh, Greg is up next. Hey, Greg. Hey guys, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I know I'm up against that five o'clock. Uh, I just want to kind of chime. Uh, you know, we're talking about Coach Austin the next year. And, oh, you hear me now? Uh, yeah, we're you sort of fade uh, in and out. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, speaker on truck. But uh, I, I'm just looking at Austin and, and, like you said, the landscape of college football and how everything changed. And uh, I think he's a hard-nosed coach. And uh, just from what I was seeing the other day, the boys are getting coached up. I mean, it. If you uh, he gets the right talent there, they're gonna get coached up. I mean, last year, didn't nobody didn't nobody blow us out. I mean, Auburn was in every single game there was, and the only one I'd probably say that they they really kind of messed up early was Georgia. But other than that, they, they was in every game and should have won a couple more. I mean, uh, I don't think the lack of coaching is gonna be there with him. I think he's a hard nosed coach, and it's a blue collar mentality that he is bringing to us. Uh, whether we had the patience to allow that to happen. Or the support in uh, this new generation we got going on is yet to be seen. But uh, I just want to kind of get your opinions on what y'all seen and, and 
do you see the same thing I'm seeing? And uh, I'm going to hang up listen to you guys. Hey, War Eagle, man, I'll be talking to you. Appreciate it, Greg. I don't know that I disagree with a single thing he said. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. No, I, no, I, I would, I would agree too. I mean, for the most part, I mean, we'll see what happens this season. But no, it is, it is interesting how much of what happened last year is in the eye of the beholder, yep. right? Because you could look at it and you could say Auburn had an offensive line that had them in ten, ten, you know, had had put them in a position to win ten games. They, maybe, if, maybe the schedule had been in different order, you know, if you, sure. I mean, hadn't closed out with, with well. It's hard to think. It's hard to think the losses. same team that almost beat Alabama almost lost to Georgia State. Yeah, like that. I mean, there's a lot of mysteries abound about the Auburn 2021 season <laughs> and how you use that to project what's going to happen uh, this year. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Come on in and join us. Auburn Opelika's sports leader, ESPN 106.7, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews from AuburnSports.com and Drew at the controls as we're here in the WOW Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet. When you switch to WOW, visit WOWForBusiness.com. Hour number two of the Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at OrthoClinic.com. Dot com And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, with your question or comment. It's the Drive Text Box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. As we mentioned, uh, and as usually the case, well, now especially that... Um, there, you know, football practice is over. Spring practice is over. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, Brian. A lot of times on, you know, in the afternoons, there've been viewing windows. Uh, so, so that's up. Brian Matthews with us here in the uh, Wow Business Studio. And Brian, while we've got a minute before uh, we, uh, we we field some more calls, just talk about all the things that folks can find there at AuburnSports.com. Well, uh, plenty of coverage of a day along with the game and recruiting of course we got a story up on the uh, latest commitment terrence love of arrivals 100 safety from fairburn georgia uh and then i would expect in the coming days and weeks more basketball recruiting news um, yeah we haven't even talked basketball today 
Yep, uh, Johan Traore was, of course, a great addition uh, last week. Was it last week? I think yeah, it was last just week. last week. And uh, they're looking at some other uh, help there for maybe another big man, and they certainly need a, a wing or shooting guard that can uh, you know, shoot the little three a little bit better than they had last year. I think that's another priority for them. And then um, we'll you know, continue to cover um, baseball and spring sports, um, of course, and um, uh, baseball coming off a really nice weekend, winning two out of three against Vanderbilt. As three straight uh, series wins for this right. team, which is, to me, excellent. I, I think they're playing above um, what I thought they were coming out of you know non-conference play. I think they're playing really well right now. Um, softball struggling right now. They get swept by yeah. Arkansas. Uh, they're a young team, yep. and just uh, you know, it's usually sports is a game of streaks. You just gotta you know try to get things turned back around. Uh, right now, just. I guess questions about you know how healthy is everybody pitching is, yeah. is, is Shelby Lowe is you know working through I don't know exactly what and it Maddie is. Maddie only threw once, right? I think that's right. So I don't you know I don't I don't know exactly what's going on, but that that you know that's big for that team. Those those are two of the best when they're healthy, right, no two of the best pitchers in in the league. So um, and, and then team is just loaded with with freshmen and sophomores mm-hmm. who are extremely talented. So uh, they're going through a rough patch now, but everything that's happening to them. They're going to learn from. They're going to adapt uh, to whatever they need to do, and they're going to be much, much better going forward. And uh, this is a team that's going to. It's fun to watch already uh, because they can really hit the long ball. Uh, but they're going to be really fun to watch over the next couple seasons too. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the IKEA of Auburn hotline, well, and and of course today's Monday, so you had your musings. Yep, there today. A little thrash metal today. Yeah, no this kidding. It's not man. my music you're necessarily. Getting, you're new, you've been a little more head banging here the yeah, last I have uh, been. few weeks. Is everything okay? Everything yeah, right everything's good. Yes. <laughs> right. yes, I do like Metallica, but I was never a Megadeth fan. But you know, it's an interesting little tidbit about the two. Groups. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I so, gave you. I gave you a good one for a couple weeks from now. If okay. you go back to the Twitter DMs, I gave you one for you know, and, and may, maybe like maybe my favorite album ever is is one that you could do for you mm-hmm. could do one for, uh, for for two weeks from now. Okay, check it out. And um, something I was going to say was, uh, you know, we're speaking of basketball recruiting, and you mentioned, yes, another looking for some more help inside, a guy we've talked about, uh, folks wondering about him, Johnny Broom, scheduling a visit to Auburn, the former Moorhead uh, center. He's every bit of 6'10". He is, uh, can block shots, can rebound. He averaged a double-double. And and really, I, I know he wants to expand his game to be more of a stretch guy, but he is... 100% 100% right now, he's a um, put back to the post, you know, post-up guy who can just do really good work inside, uh, protect the rim, score underneath, rebound, offensive rebound, just do the dirty work and be really good, too. Uh, so he would be a great addition. I know he's planning to come to Auburn and then I think Kentucky and then make a decision. So it'll be interesting. Uh, no kidding. Um, I know K- Kentucky folks are already chalking him up, but of we, course. we'll see. Yeah. Um, 334-321-1390 and we'll get to the phone is it Com? Uh, it's Tom with hey team. Tom yeah <laughs> um, quick question and I'll just hang up and listen y'all may have already talked about this I just tuned in about 10 or 15 minutes ago uh, can Brian or somebody explain what's going on with the Saturday performance on the baseball team uh that was that was pretty bad uh, it and it just seems like jekyll and hyde to me 
between Friday and Sunday and then what we saw Saturday. Well, I think the biggest thing is is the pitching. Trace Bright uh, looks terrific through three innings. Uh, you know, usually is unhittable or gives up maybe a single or two here or there. And then he just starts elevating the, ne- the ball. The next time through, and, yeah. and he, he had no movement at all. Yeah. And, the fastball was just straight as could be. And, yeah. man, Vandy just, just jumped off on all over it. And Auburn is not really in the position where it has a lot of depth in its pitching staff. You saw Friday night they were able to go with Skipper and Burkhalter, right? If you get to those two guys, they're as good as, as any other you know team in the SEC as far as a, a setup and a closer there. Um, but... You know, Saturday after you use those guys, you know, and, and um, Trace gets beat up pretty good. They just didn't have they didn't have anybody else that could come in and really shut down Bandy and give him a chance to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bandy just kept on swinging and kept on driving the ball and hitting those home runs and doubles and just pounded Auburn really. But then they came back and that that performance by Oscar on Sun. I mean, excuse me, Joseph Gonzalez on Sunday was just hey, extraordinarily good. Uh, and and I know it. I know it can be frustrating. But I mean, baseball is such a crazy game. If you win the series, then, you know, you hope Vandy gets all their runs out, and they did, apparently, there in the second game. Um, so, yeah, it is frustrating. Trace does have, I mean, he, he, he's he got the uh, material yeah. uh, to do it. It's just, I don't know, he just, it, it looked like he was throwing, and, and I wasn't up there early on, um, but it looked like he was throwing a cutter, and then it just, Sort of went to the straight fastball or whatever the the fastball just straight down. It, it was batting practice basically. And if you look at him, he he's only gotten to the fifth inning, completed through the fifth one time in SEC play so far. He just you know, I, I don't I can't really explain why he just can't quite get through the fourth and the fifth innings. Um, I don't know. There, there there's some guys though that that's what they can do with one time. Yeah. You know, maybe one time through they're fabulous, and then maybe you start thinking about well, maybe maybe you uh. Just move their, you know, move their role around a little bit. But Ole Miss jumped on them. Um, LSU got to them, and then of course Vanderbilt got to them really good. And I, I think, yeah, I think they're going to have to be ready for it. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if he'll go Saturday again next weekend. We'll see. But I think they need to be a little bit more prepared to to have somebody ready because when he started getting into trouble um, Saturday, there was nobody throwing in the bullpen to start that inning. Yeah, it, it, it went quickly. Yeah, it was like the second home run of the inning before anybody was yeah. up. And the game was getting out of hand. Yeah. So they've got to be more prepared for that, I think. 334-321-1390. That is the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. And Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Bill. Didn't get to go Saturday. Uh, tell us about how Powell Gordon did. Saw him make a couple of plays. Um, I mean, he didn't play uh, as, as much as a lot of the upperclassmen did. But um, I, I, I saw him... Uh, he, yeah, he got in there. Yeah, so I make a couple of plays out there as as a linebacker. He runs really well. Yes, we haven't we haven't talked about really any of the linebackers, Brett. I thought Wesley Steiner looked like a guy ready to play a lot more college football than he's been tasked with uh, th- thus far. Uh, there were a couple of plays where I thought Joko Willis looked like he could be something as a pass rusher uh, this year. It seems like maybe it's going to be more of a pass rush specialist role than an every down linebacker role. But I think there could be, uh, you know, there, there could be a, a 
a, a position for Joko Willis on this defense coming up. Uh, Steiner and uh, Cam Riley seem like the guys that you're yeah, going to see. Yeah, they were the starters. You know, the, the, they're, they're the guys you're going to see a lot more of uh, without uh, without Zacoby. Uh, but I, I thought Wesley Steiner looked uh, looked really promising uh, in, in what you saw out of him on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, hey, I know uh, Dawson dropped that long pass, but I don't know other ones did, did he uh, did he catch the ball with his hands or did, you know? I don't know that I remember. I'm trying <laughs> exactly. to remember. Yeah, he had three catches, I think. In the, the other game. ones were pretty routine. That one seemed routine, but it yeah. was like he knew it was going to be a touchdown, and I'm sure he was already thinking about going ahead and getting into the end zone. The other ones, no, I didn't see any trouble with him catching the others. Okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call, Brett. All right. You know, we uh, we started talking about tight ends earlier, Brian. I mean, the depth of talent that Auburn has there at tight end, and their all of them's ability to catch the ball is yep. what is what is so impressive. Every one of them's gotten better too, and um, you know, even John, a guy like John Simmons Schenker, who set the Auburn record for uh, tight end catches and yards last year, he looked quicker to me. And um, I agree. you know, that's that's a position that I think. Ninety percent of the season, you're gonna have two on on the field at one time. And we if Landon King, yeah, if Landon King's times. playing receiver, yeah, uh, you're gonna have three. Yeah, so well, there were, there were times when Landon wasn't in there when there was uh, eighty five, eighty six, and eighty seven. We're all on the field at the same wow. time. I want I want two tight ends on the field. I want Bigsby split out wide. <laughs> I want another. T- Look, if you're if you're gonna try to make up for a lack of uh, you know ideal. Contributors at wide receiver Tank needs to catch the ball a little bit. I, I mean, they weren't easy catches, but I mean, you got to make those. Okay, hold on. If is, you're split out wide, is there a different running back you could split out wide? I don't know. I mean, I have Jarquez had the rep of being a good receiver, but I mean, I'd like you know, I thought looking I, for him to be healthy. They just they, had, they don't have a whole lot of options. I mean, Jordan Ingram, I didn't get. I, I don't know how well he catches the ball. Sean Jackson catches it. Sean well. Jackson catches, and I thought Jordan looked kind of quick in, in the uh, in the in the limited glimpses we got of, of of Jordan Ingram from watching him in in the practice periods. He looks like he catches the ball really well to me uh, from seeing him out there. So uh, we'll see. But um, you're going to have to see an offense get creative. I think with yes. how they get the ball to some of their best players because it can't be you. You, you worry about predictability. Right, if it's if it's a, a conventional offense trying to give the ball to its running back and its tight ends, you you wonder if defenses will be able to uh, you know will, will be able to anticipate a lot of what that you know what that team wants to do. But if you're getting the ball to these players in a lot of different ways, if if you have players maybe that aren't receivers filling the role of wide receivers, I think that gets a little bit tougher for defenses to uh, to pin down. And Auburn has, I mean, if you're trying to find. Snaps for your running backs and your tight ends. That's one way to do it. Is is to is to let them occasionally play the role of wide receiver, depending on the play you're trying to run. I just I just wonder if you could see. I mean, three tight ends doesn't feel like it could be a gimmick that you see once in a blue moon. Oh no, no, I agree. Could could be something this offense does. Usually that would be a gimmick, right? Or, or something, mm-hmm. some some sort of wrinkle in the <laughs> offense where with our, with our three tight end package. Auburn might have three tight ends because well, they, two of them are among the better pass catchers on the team. You're right, and and also are some of the better blockers on the team. I mean that that makes a lot of sense. Put your put the guys who are the best at. If you want to throw it, throw it short. Might as well have a big target that can catch the ball. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Bill, Dan, and Brian. Excuse me. Here in the uh, Wow Business Studio. Yeah, so we'd love your thoughts. Whether you were there or not, if you got a chance to uh, to watch. Uh, some of the the eight a game. I was I was a little disappointed in the crowd. Yeah, it was. 
It was not very muted. Good. Muted, yeah. muted attendance. Well, yeah, it was. I swear, it, it sure didn't seem like twenty nine thousand. No, there uh, was about half that, to be honest. What I thought. Can yeah. I tell you? I was surprised by the crowd because it felt like a football game driving around town Friday night. Like the, it, it, there were, I know there were different parents weekend events going on, and um, yeah, I know. I think there were some different fraternity and sorority events, but it it felt. It had that sort of buzz Friday night, and even to an extent Saturday after the game. Just like a like well, a, there were a lot of people around. A lot You're of right. people had come to town, you know, and so yeah, to see a uh, a smaller crowd than I would have thought. You know, maybe maybe some folks decided to stay uh, at the at the home base and and watch the uh, watch watch the festivities instead of going to uh, to, to Jordan Hare to actually uh, check it out. Maybe some of them went to ba- to baseball. Yeah. <laughs> the baseball was packed. Baseball yeah. was packed. Yeah. Yeah, for at least the first few innings, right? Oh yeah. But I, I think the weather has something to do with it too. It got down in the thirties, I think. You know that night, so that probably uh, kept people from coming out and wanting to freeze out there. Yeah, it was, uh, and the wind. Yeah, I mean the, the wind's what really, really made it tough. It was great in the sun with no wind, but you get in the shade a little bit, and uh, yeah, that that would run you off, especially with when you have that nine run inning. And maybe that's what some folks thought uh, before they headed headed over, decided not to go. I'll tell you though, honestly, ten dollars a ticket, Auburn doesn't need to do that. No, Auburn does stop. not need to do that. Right. I mean, you you can make open up more concession stands. Well, I guess you have to pay the concessionaires. Is that the, is that is that? I think you I think you'll I think you'll make your money back. I feel doing like that. I feel like it was Elvis's back. No, I, look, I I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, access access should be free. Gouge on the concessions. I mean, because I mean, it used. I mean, for it, not for, gouge I'm for not a long time. Gouge, for a long time, it was five dollars, and the proceeds went to the library right. or something yeah. like that. But then to, to raise it to ten. I mean, you got to. Are the proceeds still going to the library? I have no idea. Okay, well, I do love libraries, so if they're you know if they're getting the yeah. money, then you know. But, uh, means, but yeah, but. I, I was I was a little disappointed with with the crowd, but I'm not thrilled that they raised the price. I know that's why some of my folks didn't go. Not that we can't afford it; it's just sort of like the principle of the thing. And I know there's some scholarship folks that were not not happy. I think they were charged twenty five <laughs> to get food and their privileges. Hmm. So maybe you know what if if there's concern I guess the lesson here would be if there's concern about the attendance within the athletic department if there's concern about uh, uh you know the the number of people that were at the spring game this past Saturday maybe the maybe trying to get 10 bucks a ticket played hmm. played some role when you're that. trying to earn the uh, the goodwill of folks right it's like uh just let them in it also can be a recruiting if a prospect shows up yeah. uh, and sees a packed stadium for a spring game, that mm-hmm. sort of tells them, wow, these people really yeah. love football. Yeah. So there's something to think about. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. Come on in on this Monday drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, Marvin Sports, 
Sports.com. Taking your calls, questions, comments, anything on your mind, sports-wise. Uh, so how much did anybody in the in the room watch yesterday's final round of the Masters? Uh, I watched a good bit of it. I mean, it was pretty much a done deal, so to speak. And and the and and it continues. Anybody with a five-stroke lead there at uh, at cutdown day wins. Yeah. That's the way it is. Scotty Scheffler, yep. pretty much winning. You know, from from Friday on, it was all him. Yep. Three, I mean, stro- yeah. Yeah, three stroke lead. Uh, you know, he takes that. Uh, it, actually, uh, it was a uh, Rory who came uh, who came uh, from a little further back to uh, to finish second. Oh yeah, he made he, he made a nice run. Sixty four. He, he was really enjoying himself down the stretch. Sixty four on Sunday. Morikawa. Yeah. Who was, uh, you know, if, if you uh, long-time listeners of the show will know, one of the three golfers I thought had a really good shot of winning this. Colin finishes uh, fifth uh, with a uh, with a four under. Uh, Tiger Woods, uh, who was, uh, you know, the the story struggled on the weekend. He made the cut, though. That was the big news. Yeah, the story of the uh, w- one of the big stories of the weekend was was Tiger's. I mean, the story of the Masters this year was Tiger's decision to play, and uh, he makes the cut right uh, to uh, to extend that record. The finishes a pair of seventy eights. Yeah, a pair of seventy eights finishes at uh, at, at thirteen over. But uh, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if the story with Tiger Woods is is where he finished or what place he finished in in this particular tournament. It's the fact that he was able to finish he it was all able and to finish That's and, right. ma- and 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 make the cut. Yep. Um, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Dan is up next. Hey Dan. Hey guys. Um, I, got, I did go to the eight eighty the eight uh, a game and a couple of things that I and I you know I'll, I'll talk football in a second but the. As far as charging ten dollars, do they you normally charge ten dollars, or is it five dollars in the past? It's always been five. I guess. They yeah, need, I would need to make up for no crowd or something. <laughs> last, I don't know. Yeah, I would think after all the negativity and the craziness that happened in January, you know, with the coaching staff, it might have been a good time for someone above to make a good decision and you know try to create some positivity yeah, down there. I agree. I, I, I doubt that that was Brian Harson's call. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I also noticed something else that, or heard something else, and I didn't know what the policy was. But we had a, a group in front of us, and they had a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they charged both them ten bucks. And I don't know if that's typical or not, but it, it is for regular season games. Um, yeah, that's that's tough. That's that's tough on imagine, especially imagine a young family with young kids and. And you're going, oh, there's an extra twenty dollars for two toddlers or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But as far as the actual uh, game itself, um, I thought it was pretty funny when uh, uh, Holden threw the ball four times straight to uh, our tight end. We've been waiting to see for a few years, uh, uh, Frazier. I mean, he <laughs> and he snagged every ball. All those the, balls were not easy. <laughs> the fourth one, the fourth one, it was like everybody on the defense knew it was going there, and he still caught it yep. in triple coverage. Yeah, he's he's definitely got some great hands. Um, you know, I know we're shorthanded on receiver, but maybe that'll play you know in our favor because some of our guys that we've been waiting to see get on the field, maybe that extra practice will kind of get them over the hump. I, I did think that Dawson looked good. I mean, in terms of he looks like a really good athlete. He's really quick at his yeah. breaks and getting open. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, he did shorthand. I thought he shorthanded the the possible touchdown pass. Right. No, he did. You know, but I mean, I'd rather him miss that in the eight-day game than a real game. Um, I did think uh, uh, Capers looked good, on, you know, on his, and and it seemed like our guys were trying to catch with their hands more 
than I've seen in the past, which mm-hmm. I thought was was really good. But, uh, you know, I think we have some pieces we can work with, you know, at receiver. And, of course, you know, all the tight ends are, you know, pretty solid to me. I don't really see any guys that, you know, look like they need some help. I mean, they look like they're ready to go. But, uh no, I agree. I mean, it's a matter that. of it's a matter of you know who can break through, right? I mean, there's potential, you know, at you know at receiver and tight end. There are there are players who have the potential to give you more than they've given you to this point in their Auburn career. It's just a matter of who, if any of them, will actually do it. And if no one does, then you do worry about where the offense is going to come from in 2022. Yeah, and I forgot to mention the one tight end, number forty. I, I can never remember his oh, name. Landon, yeah, what, what a catch! Yeah. What a catch! Yep. To uh, to make the game come down to a two point conversion, yeah, it, it does. It does seem like you know you have some guys out there that that, that probably need more opportunities. <laughs> you know, if, if you can make catches like that, then then yeah, you know, I think there was one play. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends that they had. You know, the, the, when we ran the play, the shortest receiver on the field was six four, and that was uh, Capers, and they had the other, you know, all the other tight ends. I mean, that's a lot of big big targets. Yeah. You know, and if they can make those catches, you know, I mean, you know, I do think we got some. You know, we'll see how this year goes. Everybody is kind of up in the air. Nobody really knows. But I do think there's a lot to work with. We just, you know, got to put it together. And, you know, one last thing as far as the quarterback race, the only thing, the thing I have a problem with with Finley, you know, he still doesn't really throw with a lot of touch. I mean, it's, you know, I know Tank dropped some balls, but some of those passes were, like gunned out there, and most running backs oh, yeah. are going to have a hard time snagging those balls, you know. And uh, and and of course, you know, the, uh, Robbie. I mean, he, that guy's fast. Uh, you know, I thought he made really good decisions in the pocket, and when he took off, you know, he was still looking down the field. There was one play he rolled out to the right, and then at the last second, he he fired it to Frazier. You know, and uh, you know, I like a guy that's still looking down the field, not trying to just take off and run, but. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fall. You're right about that. I mean, like we were saying a while ago, uh, Brian, I mean, the quarterback battle when, when Zach, and and they're expecting Zach to be full go for summer yes. workouts and have everything going this fall. That's going to be a really interesting, really interesting battle. Definitely three-player race in my mind. I, I don't I, I don't think there's any way they can narrow to two right now unless they were to. <laughs> but no, I just don't see that happening. And um you know, the, the guy who I thought was probably third, uh, I think now is probably at least second, and that's Robbie Ashford after what I saw Saturday. Well, I can see why, you know, folks were saying that um, Mario Cristobal and his staff were interested in him when they moved to Miami. I wonder, you brought up something, um, and I, I thought it was a very good point. Talking with some folks Saturday, I heard a little of the same thing. I wonder if... You know, there was a lot of one of the questions people ask is, why didn't he play? Because they didn't have great quarterback play at Oregon. Right. Why didn't he get a chance to play? And somebody said, well, folks in Birmingham felt that the Oregon staff wanted him to make a decision to just be a football player. And if he's going to be splitting time between football and baseball, that he wasn't deserving right. of the opportunity to play more. I don't know. Yeah. There are some coaches that, that will, will do that. And I right. can understand. I can understand some of that. Especially for the quarterback position, which takes right. so much time off the field that you have to spend. So I can understand that in many ways, yeah. Appreciate the call, Dan. 
thirteen ninety. But no, Robbie Ashford has. I, I agree with you a hundred percent, Brian. He's much more in the picture than I thought he'd be. Yep. When 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 his name was added, when Auburn, you know, uh, took him in as a uh, as a transfer from the transfer portal, I thought, well, that's interesting. But I wonder if we'll, you know, get a chance to see him. I'd be surprised if we don't see Robbie Ashford on the field at some point and, this fall. And he showed me as a playmaker. He would get, um, you know, rushed. He'd run out of the pocket and he'd make a play. Uh, I mean, I, Auburn hasn't had a lot of quarterbacks like that. You know, Bo Nix was a playmaker. Sure. Right. But Robbie looked really smooth and looked like he could really hurt a team, you know, if, if they let him go run, and run the ball, too. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. A half an hour to go. Plenty of time for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline here on The Drive. Get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MarburnSports.com. And I was just uh, noticing a couple of familiar names in Major League Baseball news today. As former Auburn pitcher Gabe Klobositz claimed by the Oakland A's today. uh, Claimed off waivers from the Washington Nationals. And then... Former Auburn outstanding starter Keegan Thompson, who threw the ball well, with the exception of a couple of pitches the other day. Well, he threw it exactly, I think, where he wanted to. Uh, Suspended three games after um, hitting Andrew McCutcheon with a pitch that incited a benches clearing. Well, it wasn't really a brawl. They just all ran. They just all benches clearing argument. You know how it is in baseball. They all run out there and somebody grabs a jersey and other people pull people apart. And it's generally not a whole lot. A lot more. You don't you don't have a lot of the, you know, the old Nolan Ryan shots or anything. Oh yeah, before. no. I mean, occasionally you get a uh, well, like the, not, you know, not often. You, get, you know, Jose, uh, Jose Batista didn't think guys threw punches anymore in Major League Baseball. That's then he, true. He got, got clocked uh, with, uh, with with one from uh, Odor a couple years ago. But no, you're right. For the most part, they become more arguments than uh, you know than than physical altercations, and it felt like we had a couple of those. Although uh, I sort of understood why the Mets were upset with Lindor getting. Uh, right. Getting getting one to the to the jaw after it was like five or six. It was like five or six hit yeah, by Alonso pitches. Alonso got hit in the face the yeah, night before. Yeah, the Mets had been the Mets had been getting plunked over and over again, and finally it had enough and and incited a, a you know a, a Lindor getting hit inside a bench clearing brawl. Brian the uh, the Braves. Uh, you know, you don't you don't worry too much about the results of one series, but uh, nah, not not, not the start the, yeah. not the start they wanted. Not, but I mean, yeah. not exactly, but you know. I mean, look, the Dodgers lost two out of three That's of the right. Rockies. That's I'm right. not going to be t- you know a team that they've owned over the years. But hey, there was one other Auburn name in there too, because of course 
the Cubs manager is David Ross. That's right. So, I mean, look at look at all the Auburn names in MLB news. Casey did pitch, by the way. Casey pitched on Saturday and did not did not pick up the win against the White Sox for the uh, for the Tigers. But Casey Mize in the rotation. Right, for and Josh Donaldson got a, got a walk-off base hit in his first game as a Yankee. That's right. So you know you could could see uh don't yeah don't don't be surprised to see more Auburn uh, influence around uh around Major League Baseball as the uh, as as the season uh, progresses. Anyone from the uh, uh anyone anyone from the Braves stand out over the uh, over the, over those over those three games? You look and uh, you had a uh, hey I liked uh, uh, um, young Mister Strider looking like yeah you know looking looking like he's part of a he's got that barbershop quartet stash Olson Olson destroys the ball I mean yeah. that guy that he, guy he does he, he really really hits he's That's got nice, he's got a violent yeah, swing it's a nice not? nice pickup for uh, for for yeah. Atlanta and then you got a oh you know what the answer to this question is Kyle Wright by the way the way the way that Kyle was very impressive the way Kyle Wright pitched was uh, was was incredibly impressive and if that guy is um you know if, if that guy's when he they, they had a crazy stat on the Reds broadcast about Kyle Wright where. If he starts a count uh, one and zero, the the opposing hitters hit like three three something high like mid threes against him. If he strike if he starts the count ball one, and if he starts the count strike one, that number drops to like it, it's it's very close to two hundred. It's an enormous swing depending on if Kyle Wright can get ball one or strike one uh, to to start counts in his. Well, that's it, it, that's what so many pitching coaches have said for years. Strike one is yeah. the most important pitch. In baseball, Kyle Wright is I mean, he, he's a sensational pitcher when he can get strike one across, and when he uh, starts the count one and zero, he's 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 very mortal, and of course, he was he was course, really throwing the ball well this week. There, there is another stat. There's another stat that goes along with that, and that was the stat that from a couple of years ago, he was trying so hard to throw strike one that he was batters. We're hitting almost 400 against him on the first pitch. So you want that first pitch to be a strike, but it doesn't just need to be down yeah, the middle. It can't be a home run derby it's strike. Like, okay, here comes a fastball down the middle because I want to be 0-1. Yeah, no. 334-321-1390. Who have we got up next? Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys, I didn't get ready to watch the 8 game. How did the offensive line do? I heard that 55 struggled a little bit on the edge rushers. Did anybody... Notice. Um, I mean, Tank yeah. ran for 12 yards on yeah. five carries. There and, was and a lot of pressure on the And then they didn't even try to run much, yeah. much, much anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, it's really difficult to tell because they looked like they really wanted to work on the short passing game an awful lot. Um, and that wasn't what I expect to be the starting offensive line. There were, uh, yeah, there were a few shakeups there. I mean, you had Killian Zier still was at, was at the left tackle. Right. Um, and and Alec and Brendan, I think, worked some at the uh, right, but right. Brendan worked with the twos a little bit. So I mean, they were they were sort of moving some guys around, but no, it, it wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't a dominating performance by the offensive line by any means. So um, I guess there's no chance that one of the tight ends that's further back in the in the pecking order gets moved to off, you know like to tackle. Or I guess we got plenty of guards. Um, I don't know that they're really looking as much for. I mean, I, I think they they'd like to add some guys with experience. Brian, what have you heard? Any any buzz on the uh, on like Marius Mims or Clay Webb who are now in the portal? I mean, sure, Auburn would be interested, but I just 
they're guys that now, if they want to go to an SEC school, right, it's, they've got to sit out a year. Right, unless they're graduate transfers. I don't think and either these of guys, them are. No, no. Right. Mims is a sophomore. Yeah, I think Clay so, I mean, well, I wonder if that would. I wonder if that would be attractive to Auburn as potential additions to the oh, 2023 man, it, I, I starting sure lineup. I think so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, that, that would make a lot more sense, but... Um, because, I mean, they're guys that can't play in the SEC this coming year. Doesn't feel like offensive line is one of the positions where Auburn is really hunting for guys who could start on the 2022 right now, no. team. I mean, maybe an injury or two would change that to where Auburn would look at center. You know, if, if, if a couple guys got hurt, maybe they would think, you know, we, we need to drastically, uh, you know, we need to address center right now. But receiver, safety, edge strike me as the positions where, is that, is that a fair assessment, you guys? Safety receiver edge in some order, um, and then backup defensive yeah. linemen. They, they they want to get a, several yeah. to help yeah, fill out. Yeah, depth. that's that's where they they seem like they really want to. You know, that's where they they, might, they, they might are, add guys before the before the yeah, season starts. But they're still looking at offensive linemen too. They would love it if they could find some guys to come in here and compete. Guys, one last question. I'll hang up. Um, this recruiting high school recording recruiting did it go well Saturday? I know we got a, one commit. Do we have anybody else that we're Excited about maybe ready to jump on board. Thank you. Well, they did get it. You know, they they got a big commitment. Um, it sounds like, I mean, everything we're, we're hearing, Brian, is is how much better they've been doing. I don't know if this is like gonna like open the floodgates and and here come a bunch, but um, I, I think they seem to be doing much much better on the recruiting. Yeah, trip. and I don't know anybody that's um, just ready to jump on board. There uh, may be somebody out there. I know uh, Braden Joyner tweeted at somebody um, that you, that you're next. I'm trying to remember who that was. Uh, and, of course, Carmelo English, the really talented receiver right. from uh, Central Phoenix City, did include Auburn in his top five today. And and that's that's, that's, quite, a, that's quite an improvement over yep. a few months ago. Yep, that, that's big. So um, I'm trying to remember who, who he said it was next to. But, uh, yeah, nobody really stands out to me that I'm – that I know for sure that um, or feel strongly that uh, they're going to be the next guys up. But I, I do think that Auburn's done a great job getting um, guys here. They've got a bunch of offensive tackles uh, through the complex and through practice over the last three weeks. Uh, they've done a great job getting um, uh, wide receivers and running backs. You know, there there, there is a running back. Uh, I think that's who it was. It was. Um, it was uh, one of the running backs. I think was what one Braden was tweeting at. So. We'll see. You know, I was just thinking, um, with with there's no question they have really made a push for offensive linemen, for high school offensive linemen. Yeah. And I and I was just asking you about two former five stars that are transferring from Georgia <coughs> in uh Clay Webb and Amarius Mims. Webb's is from uh is Oxford, isn't he? It's from uh Yes. Yes, I can remember him when he was a ninth grader, came to Auburn's camp, and was so impressive there. Yeah, and, and he was the number one center in the country. Yep. Uh, he was a junior, I believe, this year. But mm-hmm. I think it's a COVID, like it could be, a, still would have two years right. of eligibility. And Mims was a sophomore. He was one of the top players in the country. Uh, and, and Auburn was, was a finalist for him. But, and he's a tackle. But I wonder... How the staff? This is this is a really interesting situation that could be a little touchy because you've got a bunch of seniors. You know you want guys that can help you next year, but you're trying to recruit some of the top high schoolers. What would a top high schooler feel about a five star who comes in and is sitting out this year <laughs> yeah. and then has a couple of years of SEC experience? You don't want to say no to that one 
but you don't want to lose the high school guys either. But right, you, right. you probably need to tell the high school. You'll burn the hand. Any, anywhere you're trying to go is going to have five stars playing on the Maybe. offensive line. Yeah. You know that will that want your spot in this but, league. Yeah, if you're if you're going to be on a contender, exactly. So I mean, but but. You know, so so maybe it's, it's tough not, though. Think about it. No, you're right, but maybe it's not the worst problem to have if it means you've got. No, if you an can option. get. No, yeah. if you can if you can get the uh, the five star who's got SEC experience, I say take. Him. I think take him every day, Brian, every minute of every day. Brian said something really interesting earlier in the segment, though, which is the idea that Auburn is still looking maybe to bolster the offensive line this looking. year and find yeah find guys that would want, would want to come in and compete. Where on the offensive line do you think Auburn might be looking to to see more competition and add a number, uh, you know, add, add a player that would that would uh, enter the fray? Center, right tackle, probably be the okay. two positions. I think they'd, they'd like to, but I, I just do not see that happening. I, I just don't see how Auburn could go out there and get a tackle who could come in presumably and compete in the SEC for a starting job when they got 15 scholarship linemen, 121 starts between those 15. That just doesn't. It just doesn't add up. Do you think we're talking more well, about? Well, you know, first of all, I don't know how how excited a, a uh, an upper class lineman would be about coming into a situation like that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. And they've already missed out on you know three or four that they've offered yeah, brought in on business. They've also visits. missed out on spring. I wonder yeah. if we're talking more about guys that aren't in the portal right now and are thinking about joining, rather than if Auburn is you know feels this way about players that have been in the portal for, See, for now, quite I'm, some time. Right? I think guys that fit. The, the pattern of what we're talking about about Mims and Webb sure are exactly what uh, what you'd love to be able to get guys that are going to have to sit out or guys that are willing to sit out it's more likely you'd find guys that are going to have to sit out and they know hey I can still go in the SEC be playing big time and they've got a, a senior lated line and I could be a starter the next year by the way it was Jeremiah Cobb the running back from Montgomery okay. Catholic that uh Braden tweeted about earlier. I guess it was today. So if if you're a believer in Braden Joyner and who who is going to doubt him, uh, that could be a guy I'm to sure keep a close eye on. Yep, exactly. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in as we wind it down on the Monday Drive. You're live on the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, and uh, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And a little bit of uh, basketball news coming out. You may have seen the uh, social media post from Chris Moore earlier today. I didn't, you know, at the time, I'm, you couldn't really tell what he was preparing for. He just right. had on the surgical gown and, you know, was there in, in the bed, the hospital bed, Auburn releasing... That uh, the information that Chris Moore, who played in 25 games this past season, had a procedure today in Birmingham to repair a stress reaction in his shin. Yeah. Oh, that could that really sounds painful. painful. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Imagine. I, I mean, imagine trying to run or jump 
with something like that. I mean, when you've do got have, that, just the thought of walking. Yeah. Do we have a timeline? Like, if, it says 10 to 12 no, weeks. No, but I'm saying oh, when, when he, it happened. When he may have been hurt. Because uh, no, but he, he played a lot in that final uh, regular sure season did. game. Final regular season Pearl game. Talked, played, played well. Can't imagine. Pearl talked afterwards about wanting to play him more in the postseason. We're going to see him, and then he didn't play in the postseason, yeah, so, so I would imagine. Probably so maybe, happened after yep. that. In that game, or, or maybe yeah, in, in prep for the for the, for the the SEC tournament or in, in that in that final game. But yeah, it's just a, it's a disappointing injury for him, knowing you know how... Uh, uh, how well uh, you know how well he was he was coming around there at the end of the year and he's an he, like he brings said, some energy when he comes in. There's no question about so, that. It sounds so painful. Too. It really oh, does. Man. It really does. So yeah, hopefully that that takes care of that for him. Brian, we were just talking. I just realized. I mean, Wednesday is the first day of the spring basketball signing period. Yep. The spring signing period for all sports. Really. And I don't know the date Johan <laughs> Traore is planning to sign, but he can sign as early as Wednesday with Auburn, which would be terrific. And uh, then Auburn. Has at least one more spot. Yeah, at least I, I would say probably two. Yeah, but I mean, if, if with, without any other attrition, right? They could still sign. They could still sign one more. We were talking about it. I mean, I would. Uh, uh, it's funny. I mean, Bruce. First thing he talked about was front court, front court help, and we've got to improve our shooting. Yeah. Yeah, and they really need another three point shooter on this team. Now you would think some some of the guards coming back are going to improve on it. But they need another good shooter. Yeah, I mean, a- Allen needs to be Allen again. The Allen Flanagan we yeah. saw year, you know, last year, not this past season, because uh, because he had become a pretty good three point shooter yeah. and just an all around playmaker. Right. And you know, you need that at the three position desperately. But uh, they they need their ones and twos to step up too and become more um, consistent and more reliable when it comes to three point shooting. Any. Um, the- who are some of the guys, or do you have any idea as to any of the wings Auburn could be looking Just at? Just saw an now? update on. Uh, there have been a couple of names that have been out there, and they've moved on. The, yeah. the LSU guard picked Georgetown. Was yeah, it Mur- was that Murray Brandon Brandon Murray? Yeah. Um, you know, you wonder. You know, I told you, I, I'd heard the other day. Not that, at the moment. That I don't. He was looking in I don't direction, have so. any definitive uh, targets at that wing position at the moment. No. But this doesn't have to happen right mm-hmm. now. I mean, a lot of times it could be. You know, late spring, early summer. Well, there are more good players uh, dropping into the portal every, every day. Every day. So, yeah, it's just something to keep a close eye on. Yeah, the no, I mean, the number of players uh, that, that are in that portal is just, just it's phenomenal. It's mind-boggling. Um, and, and, yeah, like we're saying, it's, it's happening more. You would think, though, that there will be more football players getting in the portal here very shortly. You would think so. Because... Because remember, to be eligible this fall, they've got to be in the portal by May 1st. Right. So, um, you know, maybe some more Auburn guys will, will jump in there. We'll see. You know, spring's over. Um, you know, if, if they're not at certain um, spots on the depth chart, they may want to want to move on. And, and I do think as spring ends at other places, you'll see more players jump in the mm-hmm. portal, too. That's probably, though, I mean, I, I would say you don't want to go too deep into the summer without knowing who's going to make up the key pieces of your of your basketball team. I mean most of the It's more it, well it's, most it's, of the guys it's Auburn more likely had, than you would in football. It is, but but most of the guys Auburn had committed last year when you think about the transfer portal, I mean they were landing guys in March and April. And so I I would think that if yeah. if Auburn's got I think if this month ends and there's a position on the basketball team that you look at as a pressing need, it maybe gets a little bit more urgent to address that because not just because you have the summer semester starting, but because a lot of the guys in the portal are making their decisions by then as far as where they're going to go. Who was the point guard a couple of years ago? 
that that was a summer ad. Right. Oh no, they, but, they you're happen, right, yeah. but you're right. It's not it's not nearly as common. I would say these next couple of weeks, as far as like mm-hmm. you know, if if Auburn's going to add a player or two in basketball in the portal, um, you know, I I would think that picture becomes more clear as far as who it's going to be. You know, between now and the how about the end of the term? You know, between now and the yeah, end of the which, semester, which at Auburn is I think the end of the end of the month. Yeah, right, right around the end of the month. Uh, Brian, as as we're we're running short on time here, I mean, it is a fun time though. There's a lot going on. You got wrapping up spring and thinking about you know what's next for football, yep. including recruiting and all the the summer camps and things like that, and basketball recruiting. And baseball and softball going on. There are tons of things going Base, on. Uh, yeah, football and basketball portaling, you know, and recruiting will be really heavy over the next several months. And, um, you know, pretty soon, once we get to June, they'll be having camps and, and all those things. So uh, it's going to be a busy time. And, and, of course, the baseball team, I think, is playing quite well, too. So we'll be keeping a close eye on them. Uh, rundown tomorrow? Yep, we'll be, we'll be getting together at uh, Voodoo. So, yes. Looking, looking forward to those. Always, always fun to hear... Uh, um, the, the the stuff as well as the sports. Yeah, we like to entertain <laughs> as best we can. Oh man, got a uh, got a piece of news that I've just been handed by station ooh. management. Oh okay. John Samuel Schenker will appear on the drive five thirty Thursday. We're going to talk right. about good. That. talk good. with Auburn tight end John Samuel Schenker, part of Tiger Takes. So we'll talk with Sonny uh, at uh, at, at five thirty on Wednesday. Sonny Deshera, and then on Thursday we're going to talk with John Samuel Schenker. All presented. It's Double take. That's right. It's a double take this double week. Double take Tiger takes. Th- courtesy of our friends at Auburn University Credit Union. Finance with family. Auburn University Credit Union. Well, we're out of time here on this Monday. A, a fun show here today. Brian, thanks again, man. And, uh, Appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to having you back. I'll be here next Monday. All right. That's going to do it for uh, today. Let's see. We've, we've got another full show for you tomorrow. If you didn't get a chance to get in today, or if you, you know, a lot of folks... If you weren't at the game, and I know there are a lot of you out there that weren't, I know it'll be replayed. It's being, I believe it's being replayed tomorrow on it's the on, SEC Network. It's on the app. If you have, uh, if you have ESPN oh, okay. Plus, you can, uh, you can, you can watch it that way too. So it's on, it's right, on so, demand on the ESPN. So as more of you see it, we'd like your thoughts as well. That's going to do things for the Monday edition of the Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.